0: Oh my gosh, guys. How's it going? It's 9.52, September 27th. It's an alright day today. It's gonna be a hot one though, man. It's gonna be like 90 degrees today in September. I'm loving it, dude. Seriously. Summertime for the rest of my life. How can I? I cannot say that enough. I'm digging this heat, man. But the crappy part is, man, two cold fronts are coming in, so this I'm pretty sure today is gonna be the last ninety degree ninety degree day that we will see in two thousand and seventeen. So say goodbye if if you're in this region, if you're in this area and you're listening, if you're listening in, if you're if you're a pal, if you're a friend, if you're a uh, I don't even know what you call it, a loyal patron. I guess you're a patron. I'll call you that. Whatever. And you're in this region, say goodbye to this weather, man, because it's gone. I, I I, think. I'm pretty sure it is. Because it's going to be like in the 70s for the next two weeks, which is still good weather. It's still nice and warm, but oh, my God, man. It just it just isn't the same. I mean, summer, summer is over. You know, don't get me wrong. Summer's gone, and that, that sucks. I really hate it. Fall's not that bad, spring is not that bad, winter is dog shit, but man, summer is just where it's at, dude. Oh, man, summer's where it's at. Warm nights, cool mornings, you just can't beat that, man. You just can't beat it. Can't beat it. Can't do it. So, it's a beautiful day, though nice and sunny, clear skies. Really appreciating it. Digging it. Loving it up. Yep, yep, yep. One thing I want to get to today, guys, though, is the climate of the NBA. What in the hell is going on out there, man? This, this just shake up after shake up after shake up. I was talking to Morgan yesterday, and I was telling him, I was like, first of all, it doesn't even matter what the Celtics are doing. It's not, it's not like they're going to be some super team. They got three mediocre dudes. Gordon Hayward is a good player, but he ain't no superstar. Kyrie Irving is a good player, but he ain't no superstar. And Al Horford is a good player, but he's old, and he ain't no superstar. So it's like, come on, man. Like, what do you think is going to happen over there? I mean, and with Cleveland, I was, I was thinking the whole time about Cleveland. Well, it doesn't really matter what Cleveland's going to do because the three best teams in the league are in the West. You know, the Warriors, Oklahoma City, and the Rockets are the three best teams in the league, I think, personally, because the Rockets were already a title contender before they got Chris Paul. And I think that Chris Paul is going to be a perfect dynamic for them because he's a pass-first point guard, and so they can rely on James Harden to just get out there and get buckets. He can focus more on his defense instead of running a team. Put him at, put him at shooting guard, I think he'll be a lot more successful. But then, and the crazy part is, I was talking to Morgan, and I was like, man, I, I, I hear that they're, that LeBron's trying to get Dwayne Wade to join up. He's trying to get D. Wade to jump ship in Chicago. And sure enough, man, it fucking happened. He made it happen. LeBron James roped Dwayne Wade into coming to Cleveland, man. One year, $2.3 million. He's 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 made it work. I bet I bet Dwayne Wade's wife, Giselle, that's what his name is, right? Giselle? I think that's her name. I bet she's pissed, dude. That bitch has had to move three, that bitch will have to move two times in like four years. I'd be heated, man. I've moved more than that in a shorter period of time, and I hate it. But I guess when you've got millions, you don't actually have to do any moving. You just hire somebody to do literally everything for you. So maybe that's like an advantage to it or something. I don't know. But I'd still be a little salty myself. But they've turned it into a super team in the East. It's a super team. There's two super teams in the West, one super team in the East. I don't think that – if you if you stacked it up right now, which – what I think the NBA should do is I think they need to dissolve the conferences. Or maybe keep the conferences, you know, just for the All-Star weekend and stuff, but then when it comes to the finals, scrap it. And, you know, I know that that may be a hard thing for people to get a handle on or a hard idea for people to get a handle on. It's probably a pipe dream, that's what Morgan said it's It's a pipe dream, Dylan. That's exactly what he told me, and it probably is because it just it probably won't ever happen. There's too much to be gained from having two conferences playing ball against each other like that, you know, But if you did it that way, I think that opens up the best forum for uh, that opens up the best forum for competition. I really do believe that because if you change the status quo to say, instead of the best team from the east and the best team from the west playing each other the best teams just need to play each other personally i think that's i I think that's the way that they need to do it in in the nba just like i think it's because that's the way that they do it in uh college basketball and that's the way that they've started doing it in college football and um I think that they I think that the, the pro sports need to adopt that. I think the NFL and the NBA need to adopt that because it would especially in the NBA open things up a hundred percent for um a hundred percent for the uh for better competition, better play. Because if you opened up like let's just take the playoffs, if you open up the NBA playoffs and you say um, okay, you say, here we go. We've got our 12 teams that are going to be in the NBA playoffs. Here's here's our 12 teams. That's a little under half the league. 12 teams that are going to play each other. We're going to see who's the best is. We need to seed it out. Instead of seeding it out uh, one through six on two different sides, actually, okay, yeah, yeah, here's what they need to do. Here's how they need to do it. They need to take this as we'll seat it out one through twelve, and then we'll split that one through twelve into two different sides. Team team one on the left, team two on the right, team three on the left, uh, team four on the right, and so on and so forth until it's hashed out, and then just go down the line and 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 go that go that way. I think that that would I think that would be the best way to do it is to just have it straight up like that. You know what I'm saying? Or to just straight st- cuz I don't I don't I don't like the way that they do it, which I guess, you know, maybe college basketball that really is the way to see who the best team is is to just go 1 versus 16 two and 15 and yada 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 to go like that all the way out you know in four different regions maybe that's the best way to do it so maybe that's how the nba should do it they should go one versus 12 two versus 11 so on and so forth all the way down the line until they get to the last game maybe that's the maybe that's the play maybe that's the smartest move um but i think that that would open up a lot of room to see really who the best team is because the best teams even if you don't want to say the the three best teams in the league maybe the three best teams in the league are the warriors, Oklahoma City and the Cavs maybe they're not the warrior the uh the the uh, rockets anymore even if you say that the thunder and the the thunder and the uh the warriors if you want to go talent skill wise are still better than the Cavs They still have better players in the Cavs. I mean, what what do you got in the Cavs' starting lineup right now? You got Isaiah Thomas, you got LeBron James, you got Dwayne Wade, and you got Kevin Love. Dwayne Wade is old, and he's on the way out. Even though he's the same age as LeBron James... Um, even though he's, I think he's the same age, maybe he's a little bit older than LeBron, but they're close to the same age. Dwayne Wade is still on the way out. He's had more injuries than LeBron James. He's been playing ball at a high level like that with better competition, um, longer than LeBron James because he he went to college. You know, LeBron stayed in high school where he was supremely dominant over everybody. And while he was doing that you know Dwayne Wade was making it happen as a college star, you know, trying to win his team a championship and stuff like that. He was just playing at a higher level than LeBron was at that age. You know, when he was 18, like I said, LeBron or uh, Dwayne Wade was playing better competition than LeBron James was. Aside from the fact that he went to the to the NBA at least, you know, LeBron LeBron was was on that level. So maybe me saying he was playing better competition is not the best way to put it, but I still believe it to be true. So Basically what I'm saying is, though, is you've get you got an older point guard who's on his way out in the league. No, There's no way around that in, in Dwayne Wade. You've got a... or maybe he's a shooting guard. I don't know. You've got a younger point guard. Uh, you've got a younger point guard in Isaiah Thomas, who is good, who has a lot of talent, but Isaiah Thomas also has a lot of talent as a do-it-all point guard. And the Cavs do not need a do-it-all point guard right now. They need somebody to distribute the ball more specifically to LeBron James because that's going to cause a lot of problems if they get together because LeBron James is used to getting his touches. He's used to getting his minutes. He's used to getting the ball when he calls for it. And more importantly, on occasion, on a lot of occasions, LeBron James is used to taking the ball up and down the court as he pleases because it's his team. He runs the show in Cleveland. Nobody else, not the coaches, not the management, just LeBron. And so Isaiah Thomas coming in as a as a shoot first point guard could potentially cause a lot of problems for Cleveland. It might be kind of difficult for them to get this figured out early on. And again, that's early on, but it's a long season. You know, I would like to think that by Christmas they will have got sort of a kind of a handle on it. At least by the All Star break they will have gotten it figured out. You know. Um, at least I think that's that's our, our best guess for them. But it's going to take them a while to get it down pat. That's for sure. You know the Warriors already have their system. You know, uh, already have their system proven. They know that they can win, and they got it figured out early together. You know what I'm saying? They 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 learned what it what it takes early. The Thunder, I think, will be equally as difficult because now you've got three guys on this team with Paul George, who is a poor man's LeBron James. Not to say anything bad about Paul George, because I like Paul George a lot. I like him better than I like LeBron James as a basketball player. Um, and I think that Paul George has had to overcome a lot more than LeBron James has. Um, but he's, he's essentially he's a poor man LeBron James. And then you've got two guys, Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook who are shoot-first guys. They get the ball, they're pulling the trigger. That's a fact. Now, may, people may look at Russell Westbrook and say, well, he's a team player. You, you don't get triple-doubles by being a team player. Okay, yeah, that's 100% true. That he did he did get his triple-double off of points, rebounds, and assists. And assists is an important part of the game and a, and a valuable asset to be a point guard. But Russell Westbrook is also a guy that can... You know, go for stretches of averaging forty points a night, thirty points a night, stuff like that, and that's what Carmelo does. I mean, that's that's his game. Is he's a scoring champion? He's people have regarded him as one of the best as one of the best pure scorers of all time, because that's it's very true for his his play style for his game, and so. To, to look at them and say that they're going to have it easy is, is not necessarily true because they, they don't have as good of a dynamic. That's the thing that makes the Warriors so so dangerous is because they have a good dynamic. They've got an even spread of scores throughout their team because everybody on that team had to sacrifice for them to be able to be good, not just one guy, not just two guys everybody on that team has to sacrifice for them to be good because everybody on that team Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson all of those guys could score 30 in a night for them to win and I feel I want to say that it's probably happened before Multiple guys on that team finishing with a double-double to close out a win. That's probably happened before, you know? But everybody had to take a step back when Kevin Durant joined. And even Kevin Durant had to take a step back when he left Oklahoma City to come there. And they made it work. And they illustrated that making it work by winning a championship. You know? And that's that's a fact. That's undisputed. You can't argue with that. That they ha- That happened. They won. That's it. You know what I'm saying? So... To to look at it, to to take everything in stride, and to see what it's going to take, I don't necessarily think that I don't necessarily think that it's going to be possible for everybody to get it down like that because the dynamic is not the same. Their their teams don't require as much give and take, and so I don't think there's going to be a lot of that on these other teams. You know, I think that the Rockets are, are lucky in picking up Chris Paul because he is a pass-first point guard. He's a guy that can create separation. He can make plays. He has a great court vision. He sees all the angles when they're going down the floor. He can open up James Harden to focus on scoring and working on his defense because he's got scoring down pat, but defense is where he's lacking on his, on, in his game. There's no way that you can argue that. That's just a fact. It just is. And so, giving him that opportunity, being able to bring somebody in, to see everything, to see the floor, to make the opportunity, to let uh, James Harden focus on just scoring, just getting the ball in the hoop, that's going to be good for their team. That's a good dynamic. But in Cleveland and in... Uh, Oklahoma City, there's guys that are going to have to take a back seat. And the thing is, is the guys that are going to have to take a back seat to to make this work are guys that are used to being the star of the show. Isaiah Thomas was the star of the show in Boston. LeBron James has been the star of the show everywhere he's gone. Russell Westbrook has been the star of the show in Oklahoma City. Whether Kevin Durant was there or not, it was still... If Whether it was either Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant, or it was just Russell Westbrook, he was still a star of the show there. Carmelo was the star of the show in New York. Paul George was the star of the show in Indiana. They've got a different dynamic to hold up to, you know? And again... There was there there had to be more give and take in Oklahoma er, not in Oklahoma City in Golden State than anybody else, and they proved that they were able to figure that out to do what it took to be able to win, and so they already know what it takes as a team. These other these other guys these other squads doesn't matter how friendly they are they've always played against each other aside from LeBron and Dwayne Wade. And so it's, it's not going to be as easy for them as it was for Golden State. And I'm not saying that it was easy for Golden State, but they've got an advantage because they already have their, their pattern figured out. And so maybe if you want to give the credit, you want to say Golden State number one, Cleveland two, Oklahoma City a three. Okay, I could give you that. That's fair. But there's a really big gap between one and two. You know, it, it, just because they're second doesn't mean that it's a close second. Because I don't think that they are by any stretch of the imagination a close second place to the to the Warriors. I don't believe that for one second. And I think that just if you look at the numbers, if you look at what they're capable of, and you look at what Golden State is capable of, it illustrates that almost pretty perfectly, really what they've accomplished, what they've done, what they've been able to get done with that core unit at Golden State and what they've been able to accomplish adding a superstar like Kevin Durant, adding a former MVP like Kevin Durant, that's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? It's a huge, huge deal. So, you know, things are. Thing, LeBron James is on rocky ground right now. You know, it's really easy to say that LeBron James is still the best player in the world and that and that he is supremely dominant in this league because he's one for two he's he's one for three against the Warriors, and he hasn't won an MVP in three years. And that maybe doesn't necessarily mean anything, but you know. His finals, his finals record continues to get worse and worse. His championship record continues to get worse and worse, and he keeps building up points and he's rising the ranks of scoring champions and, and all time scores and stuff like that. But the the important accolades, you know, the he, he's he's cemented into the Hall of Fame already. But his legacy as a proven winner and a proven champion is falling off because he's not winning MVPs anymore and he's having a really hard time winning championships. And I'm not saying that it's easy to win a championship but when the same, essentially the same teams go to the finals three years in a row and I mean obviously maybe we'll see if they go a fourth year, if they split it then you can look at it as being even so maybe it's an unfair advantage because they've only played three times but he's still one for three against the same team Minus adding Kevin Durant, but the Cavs have changed too. And so personally, like I said, he's on rocky ground right now. That's how I see it. But to continue LeBron James's career, this is, in all honesty, what I see happening in the next two years. LeBron's smart. He's a businessman before anything else. That's why he's worth so much money. I mean, he's a low-key sports billionaire. I think that if anybody looks at the great sport athletes right now, Floyd Mayweather, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan. Well Brian James is right up there as far as one of the wealthiest um, sportsmen, I guess if that's what you want to call him athlete, whatever, one of the wealthiest of all time, a hundred percent because if he's not worth a billion dollars yet it's going to he's, he's very close to it. He has a lot going for him. So he's a businessman above all else. He's a basketball player, don't get me wrong, but he's about good business and what's going to be best for his brand, and he needs to build off of that. And so personally, when I look at his career, I think no matter what happens, win or lose, this is his last year in Cleveland. This is his last year in his contract. He's a free agent. LeBron James knows the scope, the landscape of the NBA is shifting towards super teams, and, and buying talent to make it better and all of that money is in the west right now those are the teams that are willing to take the charge to pay the luxury tax to be able to get their squads together and win championships that's, that's where it's happening right now it's certainly not happening in the east because if it was teams would be doing it the bulls would have worked something out when they had their big squad the knicks would have worked something out when they had their big squad you know the Pacers would have worked something out when they had their big squad, you know right now it's just been wherever LeBron James is that's where it happens in the east on the east uh, conference miami, Cleveland that's it, and you've got three maybe even four teams if you want to count the Spurs that could be classified as a super team, you know and maybe the only reason that you shouldn't count the Spurs is because they're old but which is a perfect segue into my next part, into my next next topic, not even the topic, but next, whatever, frame of reference for LeBron James, is that LeBron James sees where the landscape is changing in the NBA, and so he goes to the West Coast next season. This is his last season as a Cavalier, win or lose a national championship, especially if he wins because he will have accomplished what he set out to do for, for Cleveland. I mean, hell, he already has. He's already won a championship for Cleveland. So here's my bet for LeBron James. There's two teams in mind that I see him making this happen, ma- making a move. And, uh, and I think they're pretty reasonable, two teams. First off, we'll, we'll tackle the Spurs because they're old. They've got a great team building right now. They've got a they've got a lot of they they've got age going out, youth coming in. They've got Kawhi Leonard who's the undisputed king of that team. But you've got Kawhi Leonard and Greg Popovich who are two guys that understand what the game is about and understand that sacrifice is needed to win. Kawhi Leonard has no problem being a backup to anybody because Kawhi Leonard was not recognized as the greatest player on the team when Tim Duncan was still there and he, and he still went out and he made it happen to win finals MVP Kawhi Leonard is not recognized as the greatest on that team as long as Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili are there they've got Marcus Aldridge a really good center that they can build around they've got other key players on the team, like I said guys like Kawhi Leonard, guys like Patty Mills guys who can make plays who can get it done for the Spurs Age is the only thing that's holding them back right now. Manu Ginobili is an amazing player. He's a Hall of Famer for sure. Tony Parker is an amazing player. He's a Hall of Famer for sure. But they're old. And this is probably their last ride. And so the way that I see it, if we're talking about the Spurs, this is the last ride, the last year they have to make something happen as that core unit of that team. Of Pop, Manu and Pop, Manu, and Tony Parker. Tim Duncan's already gone, or else I'd include him, obviously. This is their last year to make it happen. I don't think they do, but I think that Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili still retire on a high note, as great as they are. They leave, which opens up cap space, which essentially doesn't matter because LeBron has proven that he's willing for his paycheck to take a hit, to build a good team because he understands that power is more valuable than money. He gets that. And you've got to build the firepower to be able to earn more money, which is, again, important, and that's how it works. But it opens up the cap space to be able to afford somebody like him. It it opens up the cap space to start a negotiation at the least. And so those two retire. It opens up room on the team. You've got a mediocre guy who could play a point guard, nowhere near as good as Tony Parker, but Patty Mills is still a really good guy, really good player. You could bring Patty Mills in as starting point guard. You bring LeBron James in, you know, to, to be a forward, to, to, to be side-by-side with Kawhi Leonard. And you've got one of the most dominant starting five in basketball because Kawhi Leonard is on his way to an MVP no matter how you want to look at it. Russell Westbrook was a landslide for MVP because of what he accomplished this past season. Breaking a triple-double record, that's, that's ridiculous. There's a reason that Big O had the record from like the 60s and 70s, whenever it was, was because that was when it was capable for a man to go out there and do that. And this league, for somebody in this day and age to break a triple-double record is incredible. And so he's a lock for the MVP, but it's not going to happen again. At least not for a long time. So he's knocking on the door of an MVP. Kawhi Leonard is right there. He's, he's going to be there. He's a superstar athlete, 100%. So you've got Kawhi Leonard, finals MVP, knocking on the door of a league MVP, NBA champion. You've got well, Marcus Aldridge, not, not as high on the accolades, as Kawhi Leonard or LeBron is, or as a lot of guys in the league, but is a dominant force in the NBA as one of the few true centers that the league has, which is a valuable, valuable asset because he's very skilled in that position. And then you bring in LeBron James. Those three guys right there, that big three in San Antonio, could dominate. They could make it happen in the East because they have the perfect dynamic and they've got the perfect coach. Because in the West Coast, the only coach that's better than Steve Kerr is Greg Popovich. And Greg Popovich coached Steve Kerr after he left the Bulls. So, you get the best coach to be able to bring this team together. And if there's anybody that can do it, that can teach LeBron James what team ball is really about, it's Greg Popovich. I think for his... I think for the, for LeBron James the basketball player, and LeBron James, the man, there's nobody that he can learn more from than Greg Popovich. He he will get more good out of Greg Popovich as a whole, as a basketball player and as, as a person, than he will anywhere else in the league. And so, personally, I think that that would be a great choice for him. Second up as a place for him to go, and as a distant second, I would like to think, maybe, I suppose it's possible because they've got a lot of youth to be able to build off of, but that could cause a lot of problems for them. But the Lakers, he goes to Los Angeles. He, he, he tries to revive Showtime. That's, I, that's what, how I see it happening. That's what I see going down. As he tries to make that move to get out there to, to Los Angeles and make a team happen because they've got plenty of room for him to be able to go out there and pay him whatever he wants while they're still building their young team, but they've also got enough young talent to be a threat in the West. Not as much of a threat as he would be if he went to the Spurs, but a reasonable threat. They're a Finals contender. Make no mistake about it. And so I think he goes to one of those teams after this year. And I think it's a lot more reasonable for him to go to the Spurs, but that's not a guarantee for anything because he's going to go wherever he thinks he can get the most money in the long run. Because it's not about the NBA contract to him. It's about what it's going to do down the road, how it's going to improve his brand down the road. Going to Miami, winning rings, that was huge for him because it got him over the hump, and he knew it would. Going back to Cleveland was another huge calculated move. Because it would bring him back home, increase his fan base again, and improve his brand and so I think that it 's the smart move for him. His legacy is cemented it 's all it 's going to do is just pad his stats basically from here on out after after the season, win or lose, I think lose whatever he does he 's going to be on the downward slope personally, I believe. LeBron James will probably play to probably play till he's forty. But he's been playing since he's eighteen. He's fifteen seasons he's fifteen seasons in. If he plays to forty, that's gonna be a lot more than a lot of people have ever played in this league. Twenty years is a long career. Ask Kobe, Ask Kareem, all those guys like that that went out there and played twenty years, it's a long, healthy career. LeBron James is looking at playing longer than that. And so I still think that he's in his prime, but he's almost out the door on his prime. He's probably got two, maybe three years left of high-level basketball, and then he's definitely on the way out the door. But I say that he is at a conservative. He's taken a conservative leave now. He's going to be easing out of it because, like I said, he's losing his foothold already on the dominance of the NBA. I think that after this season, his next move is to make a big jump, to make a power play, to make something happen in the West, to try to stir sure himself up, to, to, to reassert himself as the dominant figure in the NBA and in the world of basketball, try to make a win, and then coast out the rest of his years in the NBA. Which, like I said, he'll probably play till he's 40, but once we get to that point, I think it's over for him. I really do. I think it's over for him. And so, you know, personally, I I always say that it is what it is. We'll see what happens. I just think that that is the smartest move for him as as a basketball player and as a businessman. First as a businessman and then a basketball player. I think that those are the smartest decisions that he can make is to go to the West Coast, go to somewhere like the Spurs, or go to somewhere that's essentially a blank slate like Los Angeles, the Lakers, and try to get your winning in there and then ride out the rest of your career because he's already he's already changed teams twice now he's he would already be, even though it's the same team he's changed teams twice he would already be considered a journeyman basketball player and there are journeyman basketball players that have made it to the Hall of Fame obviously he's a lock for the Hall of Fame so that's him changing teams is not going to dispute that by any stretch of the imagination and he'll definitely, his, his, his jersey and his numbers are going to go into the rafters at Cleveland for sure. And maybe even Miami, but definitely Cleveland. So when, when you look at it that way, his legacy is cemented, it's done. All that's left for him to do is just try to keep making power plays to, to, to keep his name at the top of the list because he's not there right now. So if he wants to keep his legacy, keep his brand building before he takes a ride out, you see what happens at the end of the season, win or lose, and then you analyze what's going on in the West and what's the best move. And with Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili on the way out, I think the Spurs is his best move. Like I said, as a businessman and as a basketball player and as a person in general, it would do him a great service. To go out there, I, I really think so. But like I said, that's just my opinion. That's that's not really based in too much other than what how I see him play now and how I see the landscape shifting in the West. And so we'll we'll see what happens. This year is going to be exciting. I can't wait till the end of October to for it to kick off and to see how things really shape up as we move into the basketball season in general. But I just think that that's his his next best move. So let me know what you think, though. Take everything with a grain of salt, but always give me your opinions, please. I always appreciate it. I always want to hear what's going on out there in the real world and see what what everybody else thinks. So, you know, you can find me on Twitter at TheRealDAPerry. Please definitely feel free to hit me up. Always appreciate it. And, um, you know, give me any kind of of feedback that you've got, any kind of opinions. Um, If you want to be a part of the conversation, let me know. We'll try to make it happen for sure. But um, as always, guys, thanks for listening and have a great day.